the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. I'm continuing my sermons on the Beatitudes, which I've entitled The Royal Road to Happiness. And we are at Beatitude number seven. Happy are those who work for peace. It was the 17th century French philosopher, Blaise Pascal, who said, and I quote, I put it down as a fact that if all men knew what each said of the other, there would not be four friends in the world. So look into your own heart. Think of those whom you call friends. Recall what you have said about them. Think of the thoughts you have had about them, and you will agree that Pascal was was correct. For convincing proof of the discord, strife, division, and hate that exists in the world, all you need to do is to look into your own heart, which the prophet Jeremiah describes as deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can calculate the mischief and the misery caused by strife? Who can estimate, for instance, the misery caused by discord in the home, by strife between husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, parents and children? Who can calculate the harm done and the bitterness brought about by racial discrimination, racial profiling? Who can estimate the waste in money and human lives when war rages between nations? The calamitous effects and the fatal consequences of discord are immeasurable and incalculable. Every evil passion is let loose when strife begins. In this seventh beatitude, Jesus says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. But what's the meaning of peace and peacemaker? Peace in the Bible is a broad term related to health, prosperity, harmony, and wholeness. When we use the Hebrew word shalom, We are not wishing someone the absence of war, but peace and prosperity and all the blessings of God. 
the famous Aaronic benediction recorded for us in Numbers chapter 6, 24 through 26, brings out this idea very clearly. It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. It says, Jesus never said, blessed are the peace wishers or the peace dreamers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. So what then is a peacemaker? To use a, a broad definition, a peacemaker is someone who is actively working to reconcile people to God and to one another. Peacemaking is not running from a conflict or pretending it doesn't exist. Saying I don't want to talk about it is not peacemaking, it's cowardice. None of us like conflict, so we avoid it, postpone it, put it off, but it only gets bigger. Peacemaking does not require that you always give in and let the other person have their own way. It is actively seeking to reconcile a conflict. I could spend this whole sermon talking about peacemaking in the abstract, talking about what's going on in the world with war, but that's not something that we can do anything about. So I want to be very practical and speak about what we can do as peacemakers. Peacemaking starts in your closest and most intimate relationships between husbands and wives, parents and children, brothers and sisters, uncles and aunts. Then it moves out to your extended family, close friends at church, on the job, in the classroom, and wherever you are. Only then does peacemaking move out to more remote relationships. But the second question is how to be a peacemaker, or how can I be a peacemaker? Let me suggest five practical ways we can resolve conflicts at home, at school, at work, and with our friends. Number one, schedule a meeting. Matthew 5, 23 and 24, Jesus says, So if you are about to place your gift on the altar and remember that someone is angry with you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, make peace with that person, then come back and offer your gift to God. In other words, Jesus is saying, take the initiative. Don't wait for the other person to make the first move. It doesn't matter if you are the offended or the offender. Always take the initiative. This is what Jesus is saying. Why? Because Jesus says so. And we are his children. We are those who have committed our lives to him. So if he says, take the initiative, then we do so. We don't have to get any reasons for it beyond the fact that this is what God tells us in his word. So schedule 
a sit-down face-to-face meeting. Conflict is not resolved accidentally. It doesn't resolve itself. So don't postpone it. The longer you wait to resolve a conflict, the more difficult it is going to be to resolve it. But the second thing that we can do is consider the interests of others. Consider the interests of others. Philippians 2, 3 through 5 says, Don't do anything from selfish ambition or from a cheap desire to boast, but be humble toward one another, always considering others better than yourselves. And that's difficult. And look out for one another's interests, not just for your own. The attitude you should have is the one that Christ Jesus had. So when you are upset, who are you thinking about? Your needs and your hurts. Jesus says, reverse that. Think about the other person's needs, not just your own. The focus, says Paul, is not just on your needs, but on the other person's needs. And that is counter to what we do in our society today. But a a third practical way is to seek to build people up, not put them down. You can't focus on fixing the problem and fixing the blame at the same time. It's impossible. If you go to to the meeting thinking that you're going to blame the other person, then forget it. Proverbs 15 and verse 1 says, A kind person soothes angry feelings, but harsh words stir them up. Be sincere. Don't be sarcastic. Attack the problem, not the person. Don't criticize, condemn, and compare. As the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 4.29, do not use harmful words, but only helpful words, the kind that build up and provide what is needed, so that what you say will do good to those who hear you. So don't be criticizing and comparing. Say things that build people up, never things that put them down if you are a believer. But a fourth way of handling a conflict is cultivate a spirit of compromise. Romans chapter 12, 17 and 18 says, don't mistreat someone who has mistreated you, but try to earn the respect of others and do your best to live at peace with everyone. Dear friends, Don't try to get even. Let God take revenge. So the mark of a Christian, this might surprise some of you, the mark of a Christian is the ability to get along with other people. It is not how much you pray, read the Bible, sing and give to the poor, give to the church. But the question is, Do you get along with other people? That's a mark of being a Christ follower. 
Paul recognizes that there are some people that you can get along with. But he says, do your best to live at peace with everyone. Or as the Good News translation puts it, do everything possible on your part to live at peace with all men. Peace always has a price. If you want peace in your marriage, there's always a price to pay. It costs your ego. It costs your self-centeredness, your selfishness. That's the cost for the price of peace. The three most difficult words in the English language are, I was wrong. Or you could say another three would be, I am sorry. And that's compromise. And it's difficult for you to get along in life if you're not willing to say, I was wrong or I am sorry. James 3 and verse 18 says, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So whatever you sow, you are going to reap. If you want people to compromise with you, then you have to compromise with them. If you have a conflict in your family, somehow you need to think about the responsibility that you bear for what is happening because it takes two for conflict. So you look and say, what can I do? What seeds am I planting? If you're always planting seeds of griping, complaining, arguing, and putting down your mate or your children, then you are going to reap conflict. So start planting seeds of peace and compromise. But a fifth thing is seek reconciliation, not resolution. Reconcile means to reestablish a relationship. It does not mean you resolve all the problems. A lot of times there are legitimate, honest differences between family members, husbands and wives, employees and bosses, men and women. Reconciliation means that you bear the hatchet, not the issue. How can, or you can disagree agreeably, and we need to learn more of that. You see, you can walk arm in arm together without seeing eye to eye. You can have reconciliation without resolution to every problem. Reconciliation focuses on the relationship. Resolution focuses on the issue or the problem at hand. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 and 18, the Apostle Paul says, Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgiven and everything is new. God has done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. And he has given us the work of making peace between himself and others. You see, God models what he wants us to do. The synonym for peacemaker is reconciler, one who brings people together. God sent Jesus Christ to, to bring us to himself so that we could have peace with him. 
Jesus is the Prince of Peace. What he has modeled, he now wants us to do with other people. When we help restore relationships, we are doing what God would do and therefore the most Christ-like thing we can do. God has given us, his children, the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of peacemaking. When God looks down on you and me, taking the initiative to restore harmony in the family or harmony in that office or harmony between our church members, he looks down on us and he says, that's my son, that's my daughter. So Jesus says, happy are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. So the third question is, who can be a peacemaker? You can. Anybody can. But first, you must have peace on the inside of you. You can't spread peace if you are at war on the inside. Only what you have can you offer to others. You can't bring peace if you don't have it. How do I get the peace of God in my life? Listen to Jesus' last words to his, to his disciples. And in John chapter 14, verse 27, before he left them, the next day he would die. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. You see, the peace Jesus gives can't be taken away from you. It's not based on circumstances. It's inner peace, peace that you can have in the midst of chaos. When everything is falling apart around you, you can still have this peace that Jesus promises and which he gives us. So when you have that in your life, then you can become a peacemaker. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15 says, Each one of you is part of the body of Christ, and you were chosen, underline the word chosen, you were chosen to live together in peace. So let the peace that comes from Christ control your thoughts and to be grateful. So when you have peace with God, then you get the peace of God. And when you have the peace of God, then you can be at peace with others. So my question to you is, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be written on your tombstone? Peacemaker or troublemaker? What, what do you have a reputation for at home, at work, at school? Peacemaker or troublemaker? 700 years ago, a remarkable man was born. Although he was the son of a wealthy Italian merchant, destined to inherit great wealth, 
he chose to live in utter poverty. History records that he was a noble, kind, humble, Christ-like man, one of the greatest Christians who ever lived. We know him today as St. Francis of Assisi. Centuries after his death, someone translated one of his prayers into English. And here is just a part of it. I do not have the the space or the time to um, do the whole prayer. But here's a part of the prayer which many of you already know or you have heard. St. Francis says, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. That's a great prayer to pray. Happy are the peacemakers. Why? First, they are at peace with themselves. And second, they will be rewarded for their peacemaking by God. Some of you need to get on the telephone this afternoon and call the person whom you have been estranged from, a relative, a friend, a former friend, an employee or employer, somebody who there is still resentment toward. How do you know that the problem you have with someone is not settled? Do you still remember it? Are you still thinking about it? Are you still rehearsing it in your mind over and over and it still hurts today? Then it is not resolved. I'm not saying that you're going to resolve all the issues that you may have. I'm saying you need to take the initiative. So the question is, what if you call the person up and say, I'd like to get together and see if we can patch things up. And they say, no. Well, you have done your part that God expects of you. The Bible says, do everything possible on your part to live at peace with everyone. So you're not responsible for their response. To be able to say to that person, in my heart I have released the resentment I had toward you. That's what it means to be a peacemaker. To be a peacemaker is to be like God. And to be like God is to bear the family resemblance with God. The peacemaker is a child of God. For there is no more godlike work in all the world than peacemaking. A peacemaker always has a kind word, a healing word, a positive word to offer. All of us are writing our eulogies by the lives that we live. When that day comes for someone to eulogize me, it is not important for them to say that I was a thoughtful preacher, a good administrator, a good pastor, or a good scholar. What I want them to say is that I was a good Christian. I love the Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart, soul, and mind. That I did justly, loved mercy, and walked humbly with my God. 
I want them to say that I had a hunger and thirst for righteousness. That I sought to fulfill God's will and purpose for my life. And that I was a peacemaker. That I had complete confidence in the sufficiency of my Savior's grace. That I had complete confidence in the power of his blood. In the authenticity of his word. In the availability of his help and the value of his love. And so that course of a hymn which says, Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. And one day, he's coming for me. Oh, glorious day. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.